on 104.5 The Zone, powered by all four seasons garage doors. Rhett Bryan from Titans Radio filling in for Jason Martin, the new dad. Hopefully we'll... I'd like to hear an update about uh, Clara Grace and how Abby and the family are doing, but uh, he's on dad duty. Yes. This voice you're hearing right here is Ramon Foster, VFL 11-year NFL veteran offensive lineman, undrafted rookie free agent that turned it into an 11-year career. We're going to get out in a second. Sorry to jump cut oh, you no, there. No, 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 no. You were good. I was just saying Clara Grace might be walking already. And just- <laughs> <laughs> Jason, and he, we can't get a single update. Yes, and we've had a stunning development. She's taken her first steps at one week old. Just registered old. for kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm saying? This is what we say when you're not around to give us updates, Jason. So, Jason, I mean, the show must go on. What are we doing, man? Come on. Golly. What putting, that, putting that poor child in a... That's what I, <laughs> putting that poor child in a big... Wrought iron or silver <laughs> radiator. Yeah, the, the radiator crib <laughs> with its ornate carvings on the spines of it. Again, beautiful bread bed, and I know it was costly. It's gorgeous. It is gorgeous. It just it, the first thing I thought is like it looks like an old radiator heater from an apartment in you know in, in Queens or something. You know, <laughs> it's one of those ones like you can say that. But the price of it is like, well, if you know, yeah, you know. It's like, <clears throat> yeah, it's um, mm-hmm. laugh it's, if it's you want. Not to. leftover plumbing parts. This is actually a real thing, and yeah, here's the price. This is like seeing a classic car, man. That's so all. NFL draft yeah. one week from tonight, and uh, Titans Radio will bring you coverage right here on the home for Titans football, one hundred four five The Zone, beginning at six central both nights next Thursday and Friday night as we do. Pick-by-pick coverage of rounds one, two, and three. It's all presented by our friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. Uh, Excited about that. And with that in mind, we had an idea to start talking today about undrafted rookie free agents, mainly because, and what spurred this is, Mm -hmm. Ramon, you, you wrote a beautiful piece about your own experience, your own draft experience, or in this case, the lack of, because your name wasn't called, unfortunately, and you were an undrafted free agent. Where did you post that? Uh, so you, that folks can see it. I want to be able to retweet this it's uh on dk pittsburgh sports okay is i write columns for them i was doing them weekly but of course this job taking over as Mm -hmm. far as my attention and detail to it and um it's a free article you can look it up at dk sport dk pittsburgh sports um and or just search my name for the article right and i i named it from where i get the slogan from from jason martin season of lies Mm mm-hmm because as much as we Smoke talk about screens, exactly. prospects, this guy's moving up, this guy's moving down, this guy should be a day one pick, and he fell to day three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the draft process for me, man, I ain't going to lie to you, right? I hated the draft. I hated watching it. I enjoyed, like, what it represents. And, like, if I had some guys or some uh, that I knew or some guys from Tennessee that were, you know, I knew they was going to get picked, I'd tune in for it and stuff like that just simply because it's part of the – NFL, you know, it's, it's, it's all part of the game of the offseason and stuff like that. But for me, it was bitter. You know, the sweet part came later. It was bitter for well, me. You didn't have a great experience. I did. Your name was not called regardless of round. Yeah, no. And so I can't imagine all of the things that you had been working for and working towards. Because once you finish your college career, that is all that you have in training 
and getting ready for this whole thing and going through the pre-draft process because I know you had interviews with teams, yeah. you had workouts, you had your pro day, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and then to see it go to what? Yeah, I'm getting a phone call after it's done. After it's done. So my process went like this, man. We didn't make a bowl game my senior year, so I was just I didn't even want to walk for my graduation. Like that's how dead set I was on like let's go. Like I graduated 2008. RJ was a young pup at the time. Yeah, my wife was there with us and everything. It's just like a bunch of, you know, just emotions. But my thing was, I got to go because I got to find a way to take care of my family. Again, I love what the college sports do for kids, young athletes. But there's a huge neglect when it comes down to real life. Like, hey, you got to find a way to, you know, manage life after football if you don't make it. And I was close in the sense of not making it right when I tell the story. So I go to train. In uh, Cincinnati, uh, my agent was there at the time, Tim McGee. Played at the University of Tennessee, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bingo. He was my agent. He was, had John Henderson, um, a, a few other guys, too, that were in the NFL. Um, I went to train at a place in Cincinnati. During this whole process, though, of me training, my oldest ended up having an issue that we he had to have surgery for. And if you go read the article, I don't want to give the whole article. That's my tease to go, there you go. check out the article. See, that's a good radio <laughs> man right there. Yeah, that's my tease to go check out the article. Very uh, traumatic situation for Keisha and myself with a young baby at the time and mm-hmm. clueless on just life in general, okay, as most young parents are. But here I am just to speed up to it. Um, combine comes around, fine, cool. Um, here's my time to show my talents. The biggest thing I think for me and I learned after the fact was it was my speed. So at the combine, I caught a nosebleed right before I was supposed to go run, right? I'm talking about we're in, uh, is it Lucas Oil in mm-hmm. Indianapolis? Right. We're in Lucas Oil, and I'm like number two in line to before I run. I walk around, I feel this warm sensation in my head like, oh, my God, it's not right now, okay? Catch a nosebleed. If you watch me running, man, I'm, like, tilting my head back, trying to, like, sniff up blood and, like, keep it from falling down. Wow. Catch a nosebleed. Bad 40 time. Maybe that was just my 40 time in general. Cool, whatever. Move forward. I get in the car. I'm driving back to Cincinnati because that's where I was for the combine. Mm -hmm. After I get back to Cincinnati, go back to Knoxville. Cool. I got a pro day coming up, though. Pro day comes up. Rick, guess what happened before the pro day? Don't tell me you got another nosebleed. I caught the flu. Oh, my gosh. Right. So uh, my journey is my journey and I'm okay with it now. But you want to talk about having not having an opportunity to redeem myself. I catch the flu, one on one fever, couldn't really move cold, hot, all this thing. Mind you, my whole kid. So my life is like crumbling. Okay. In the sense of my resume, as far as my interview process, you're asking yourself, what in the world else can go wrong? What's going on? Okay. So draft day come around. I didn't, I didn't participate in the, uh, in the pro day UT at all. I didn't do no on field. I weighed in at 328 and I was out for the most part. I watched my other teammates, Anthony Parker, Rob, Rob Ayers work out. Arian was there. Everybody worked out that year. You know what I'm saying? I, didn't have an opportunity. I had the flu. I was on the sideline. Huh. So draft night comes around, man, and I'm sitting there. Uh, I feel like, you know, my, I'm real with myself. I, I wasn't a first-rounder. I felt like I was, but I wasn't measured You're not going to not rounder. tell yourself that because you're a motivated, driven person. Exactly. Yeah. The worst thing a person can do, though, is lie to themselves. I'm like, all right, I should be, but I'm not. First round come through. Okay, cool. Rob, get drafted, whatever. I'm happy for him. Text him. All that type of stuff. Second round. Third round. Or fifth, I'm like, all right. I heard I was like from three to five was my range where I was going to draft. Third round and come around, cool. I got two rounds left. Fourth and fifth come by, nothing. Sixth round come by, 
Late in six, I get a call from, I think it was like Cleveland Browns. Like, hey, we got you on our board, man. We got a couple picks we're trying to get in, but you're on our board. Cool, whatever. Um, six round passes by. Seventh round comes in. I'm like, I gotta be because I know I play big time ball. I performed well. All of these things come up. I'm a, I'm a combine invite. My ego's coming in now a little bit, okay? And by the six, seven round, uh, I think Keisha's at work at the time. And it's me and RJ at home. And um, when the seven come around and my name wasn't called Rhett, for the first time, and I almost am holding back right now, the first time in my adult life, um, it was the first time I had cried because I felt like my dream, my show had ended. And here I was with a young kid, a young girlfriend who's now my wife now, and I'm like, what am I going to do? Because the truth was, and we had this conversation, may have been last week, like, what would I have done if I didn't Yeah, what make, was your backup plan? What was my backup? My, yeah. There was none. I was that dumb, that idiotic, that dead set, that insane, whatever you want to call it, on I was going to do this. And here I was, seven round, 256, Mr. Irrelevant would pick Ron Suckup. I remember it, okay? I watched him get celebrated. I was like, I just want to be one of them. And I was neither. And so that was the start of the chip on my shoulder. It was uh, it was more bitter than sweet because at the end of I probably got like 16 different calls from like teams of, of teams that wanted to like bring me in. The thing was, all of them had me as priority free agents. And if you know how priority free agent work is, you were good enough to be a draft pick, but it wasn't enough picks for you at the time. So they offer you sometimes maybe a little bit more money to sign. Um, just just uh, I guess full disclosure. Uh, it was I, I narrowed it down to three. It was the Jets, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. All right, pause, yeah. because here's what we're going to do. And I want to get into the, how all this works, because it's crazy how the undrafted free – it's the draft outside of the draft is yeah. what I would call it. And we're going to continue with Ramon Foster's incredible story about this as we're one week away from the NFL draft. It's hour two of J. Mark Ramon. It continues next on 104.5 The Zone. Your home for the NFL draft and your – Titans football team. It's 104.5 The Zone. J. Mart and Ramon rolling through Hour 2. They're always powered by all Four Seasons Garage Doors. I am not Jason Martin. I'm Red Bryant from Titans Radio with Ramon Foster, VFL, 11-year NFL veteran of the National Football League. And the draft is one week from tonight in Cleveland, Ohio, the 86th edition of the NFL draft. And when we left you last, you were telling your story. Mm-hmm. Your draft experience that was not pleasant. You were not drafted. You did not get your name called. Right. And so we're digging through the process of undrafted free agents, which is an incredible process. And and Coach Dave McGinnis always talks about it's the draft outside the draft and how many coaches and evaluators are working the phones to get yeah. young men like yourself who didn't get your name called oh, yeah. um, to try and be a part of their team. So when we left you last, yeah. When we left you last, you had narrowed it down to three teams. And so you had three different undrafted free agent offers. Mm-hmm. And give me those three teams again and then take off. They were the three teams were New York Jets. Okay. It was the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Because a scheme, because of fit. Uh Cleveland was really, really all over me. Like that's the reason they were a part of the finalists, okay? And again, before if you missed the, you know, the story of it, Miss 
Caught a nosebleed at the combine. Didn't <laughs> bad forty. At the end of the day, I, that's why uh, I played tackle, and my speed was a thing that they brought up. But what the world didn't know, and it wasn't because I'm uh, no sympathy whatsoever. My my journey is my journey, okay. But bad forty nosebleed. UT the pro day had the flu. 101 temp, just cold, hot, shakes, all of those things. Was not able to participate in my pro day at UT. Draft goes through um, undrafted. And, again, it comes down to the priority free agent stuff that, you know, that's the process. That's the step that we're at right now as far as where are you going to go. There was 256 picks. Ryan Suckup was the last guy of the draft, Mr. Irrelevant. Was it Kansas City? He also spent time here also That's in Tennessee. Correct. I think he still lives in the Nashville area. Shout out to him for and still just going. just won a world championship ring with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, he did. So the way the process works after the draft, okay, and you'll see a lot of this. I just told you an article. NFL is going to allow 2020 in it, uh, undrafted free agents to participate in this year's mini camps for the guys that are available for it. So we get to the point about me with the decision. It was about 16 phone calls I had received um, during um, the process, the late seventh round, later in the seventh round pick to uh, the end of the draft. And I really narrowed it down to those teams I just told you. Mm -hmm. Mind you, like I said, I broke down after the draft. First time in my adult life, man, I had actually just cried as as a full man because, again, to me the dream was... Partly over with, okay? Um, and I had a kid at the time. Keisha was at work, man. And I didn't tell her about, you know, my emotions after the draft until, like, years later. I was like, man, that was low, low day for me. So when it came to picking a team, man, it came down to scheme. It came down to fit. And it came down, honestly, Rhett, money. No job. Love what the NCAA represents as far as opportunity and education. Nothing as far as a resume, Nothing as far as work experience. Nothing as far as just life that you no, life skills. Football was it. And football was it. Right. And again, it's the mindset of you gotta be you gotta buy in to make it to that next level. I'm sure you you sold out as much as you could to get to where you are right now, too, right? You've been in this job for in my own small way. But yeah, I've been in radio for thirty one years. But the, you know there's people chomping at the bit to get what you got. And that's the and I way I didn't arrive at this till seven years ago. See what I'm saying? And that's what the NFL is too. Of aside from them 256 picks that are picked, there's already a team filled up. Yep. All right. So here I was in my own little world with a decision to make on what I got to do. And again, it was my journey and my decision on to this point because had I actually picked another team, I'd probably be two years and out simply because this. And this is what broke down my decision making. New York Jets offered me like 16000 as a priority free agent okay. when it comes down to the money. Um, Pittsburgh offered me 8000 And <laughs> Cleveland Browns, just going to find a way to brown it up, offered me 2500 And so... I'm going to call a demerit right there. That's a demerit <laughs> dem- for sure. Straight, yes. straight up, man. So here I was with a decision. I'm like, Cleveland courted me big time. I'm talking about like really, really like... Their, their scout that was on me really wanted me in Cleveland because they knew, like, I, I ain't going to say got robbed, but they probably had me on their draft board. It just didn't fall their way. Um, Cleveland, I mean, the Jets offered more money, but I was like, man, by the time I get to New York, taxes. It's going to be about what it would be in Pittsburgh. I got a family to take care of. Right. And, I like, at that time, that's a whole lot of money. Still is a whole lot of money, okay? And it came down to Pittsburgh. This is what's so crazy, right? 
I didn't actually realize that Pittsburgh had won the championship the, that year, that uh, February, because mm-hmm. I was just so locked into like the combine training and like focusing on myself, and then of course have a botched uh, pro day and combine. So I'm just and why world. would and why would you be focused in on one team anyway when you're you're auditioning for 32 different teams? 32 different exactly. So that's the point to be made. So at the end of the day, I end up picking Pittsburgh. And the Cleveland guy was just like, you know, I asked him a question, like, what's my likelihood of making it? He's like, well, you don't have to compete. And, you know, there is no lock and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And um, it just didn't feel right with Cleveland. New York wasn't a thing either because it's just like it's the, it's the Jets. Like, yeah, they're stable and all that type of stuff, but I didn't like that. And I'll never forget Tim McGee, VFL, told me this. He was like, man, I know it's a messed up situation, but the history of Pittsburgh is this. They're the land of opportunity. Like, yeah, they just won the Super Bowl. I'm like, they did? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how naive I was. <laughs> he was like, don't let that intimidate you because you're the type of like, type of guy that they will want on their line. You're the type of guy that could have an opportunity because I know you can play and you do too. Finally signed with Pittsburgh, man. Um, and I'm happy. I'm excited because after the draft is over, reality is still there. And I'm like, all right, well, at least I got a job. And I end up signing with Pittsburgh. And I think it was the right choice for me because it was this. The way the game goes in the NFL, if you don't win, there's coaching change. There's culture change, too. If I had gone to Cleveland, Cleveland, I think, has had like five different head coaches by the time, you know, at the end of my career. Maybe even more than that. And the okay? Steelers have had three in the last 50-plus. And I've only played under one. The Jets have had how many? Like three also? Oh, I, I, three I or can't four. count that well, high. What I'm, saying I'm not is that smart. <laughs> the carousel of the way the coaching coaching world is and them getting in their type of scheme, their type of players, the guys that they brought in. If I'd have gone to Cleveland, I'd have probably got washed out under the new regime. That's just how the game goes. You see guys that don't fit a mold that they want. If I'd have gone to uh, New York, I'd have probably fell out under the Rex Ryan regime also. As far as you know, his coaching staff. It's just because when guys bring in their staff, they have their guys they like yeah. this, that, and the yeah, yeah exactly. It's not a traveling that, show. Not to say that I couldn't have, but that's just my mindset at the time. As far mm-hmm. as like, okay, well, what's the best ability? And like I said, Tim McGee did an awesome job of telling me, Moan, like Pittsburgh is probably going to be the best bet as far as you being able to maximize your talents. And lo and behold, Rhett, going to camp, man, with a chip on my shoulder. Um, and anybody that, that you can ask anybody that was in camp with me from day one, um, the first day rep, I got worked. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I got worked in camp. I'm a young guy and they challenged me because, and in the article that I, uh, wrote for DK Pittsburgh sports, if you hadn't looked at it, they, uh, they finally sent me my scouting report from the Pittsburgh Steelers. When I got into the facility in the spring, Rat, I had a scout come up to me and tell me, hey, <laughs> we had you as a third or fourth rounder. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Don't don't try to butter me up. Like, you didn't have that. Then I had the assistant O-line coach, who's now the, head, uh, the O-line coach in Tampa, and also the run game coordinator, Harold Goodman. He came up to me. He was just an assistant O-line coach at the time. He was like, hey, Ramon, uh, I don't know how we got you, but I'm glad we did. I'm like, what you mean? He's like, we had you like as a third or fourth rounder. So there's your second. It's like confirming like, a source for a story, breaking a story. You've got two consistent story yeah. sources right there. And I'm like, I'm mind blown by this. I'm like, no, you didn't. And then Coach T, Coach Tomlin. Yeah. He was like, big boy, I don't know how you slid. And he'll talk to you, big boy, I don't know how you slid, but 
We sure had you hired and where you are right now. We thankful. I'm like, and there's nah. And there's the icing on the cake right there. I'm like, what What do you mean third or fourth round? And they wouldn't really explain to me their scouting process, you know, at the time because I'm a young guy and they're just trying to get me into the system and all that type of stuff, right? And it was just confirmed over and over because in the article that I wrote, I post their, uh, their scouting report. I saw it. Me. It was incredible. And everything lines up for what they said. And what was cropped out of it, though, was uh, the scout Mark. Um, he wrote on, at the bottom of it. He's like, through this evaluation, you're rated as a third or fourth round draft pick. And it's in there. I think it was like three to five. But he was like, we had you three to four. They picked another guy over me because that school was kind of known as like O-line U at the time in uh, Wisconsin. They picked yep. another Wisconsin guy. I think it was honestly the ripple effect of Joe Thomas. They was looking for another guy mm-hmm. like him. Both of us, crazy. Both of us were big body guys that could play tackle but could move into guard also. And um, the separator, again, was my 40 time. I was a tackle that they didn't know would be willing to play guard. And I was a better guard than I was tackle. In college, I was a better tackle than I would have been guard. But the thing that drives me crazy is you're saying this. You're never going to run more than 40 yards unless you're chasing down a broken play. I, I mean, know. come on, man. I know. Uh, and what's crazy is I, I tell people all the time, they when they have the opportunity teams, they do a thorough breakdown of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Tomlin, he used to tell me time and time again about He's like, man, Mom, I don't think you realize. Like, yeah, measurables are one thing, but you hold something that a lot of people don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, mental toughness. That's a talent. I'm like, what do you mean mental toughness? Does it sound like people just do that? He's like, no. The type of stuff that you deal with and have gone through is a talent. A lot of people will cave under these type of circumstances. And if you look at that scouting report that's in the article that I wrote, it says a guy that you just got to give, give a challenge to, and he's going to fight every single time he's a fighter. That psychological evaluation of me, he was like 2AT. Moan is what he called me. Moan 2AT is everything that we thought it would be. And like I said, it was my journey. I think those hardships of me – not being drafted, you know, the the little ups and downs that I had yeah. led to me playing 11 years in this league. And that's the other side of the beauty of what the draft is, is there's guys out there that's going to go through this same process that are either going to quit or they're either going to rise to the occasion. And there's also draft picks. Look, I, I'm going to say something, and it may offend some – if there's listeners, if there's players, Titans players listening to this, and I, I've got nothing against anybody drafted in whatever round. Uh, and I, I I may be stepping out of line by saying this, but I, guys like yourself, all, the give a you know what meter is is bigger, and the effort, the work, all of it, because nothing's given. Yeah, and nothing. I, I'm not saying a, a first round pick is just given something. I mean, but they're afforded other things because they were first round pick, mm-hmm. and um, it, provided they make the most of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've always felt like guys like you are more relatable to someone like me and just, you know, all of our listeners at 104.5 The Zone because mm-hmm. you just, you know, and I'm not, again, I'm not knocking anybody else. I just, that's just my opinion. And it, it's a, it's just a great story and a long line of stories in uh, over 100 years of the NFL. There are some fantastic players oh, yeah. that were never drafted. Mm-hmm. Some of them Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about a guy you played with, Nate Washington. Yeah, Nate. Not drafted. No. Wesley Woodyard, who was a great linebacker here for the Titans and for the Broncos, not drafted. A guy Um, that I played with at UT, Arian Foster, not drafted. The starting running back right now in Jacksonville Jaguars. James Robinson. Not drafted. Right. 
Gil Brandt, Hall of Famer in his own right, yeah. put, put something on NFL.com a while back about his 30 greatest undrafted players. He's got Wes Welker. Yeah. And this is an old school name, Marion Motley of the mm. Cleveland Browns, who was a beast running back back yeah. in the day. Drew Pearson, the original 88 from the Cowboys before Michael Irvin, not drafted. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, I mean, there's some great. Tony Romo's out there. Priest Tony, Holmes. Tony Romo. Larry Little on the undefeated mm-hmm. 72 Dolphins team, part of that Dolphins defense. Uh, Nate Newton on the Cowboys offensive Nate Newton? line. I really didn't realize. I got to go Jason back. Peters. Mm-hmm. Adam Vinatieri. And now, Tom, that's a little more believable because he's a kicker. He's a specialist. Yeah, kicker. a specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Priest Holmes. Yeah. That dude, what a running back he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Antonio Gates, or, you know, more more recent. Antonio right. Gates, undrafted. James Harrison, your teammate. Yeah, you would beg to say he's a future Hall of Famer. Steel Curtain defense member Donnie Shell. Yeah. Um, Rod Smith. Great wide receiver oh for the Denver gosh. Broncos. Yes. Joe Jacoby, one of the Hogs, two-time mm-hmm. world champion football with, team. with the Washington football team. You're right, Antonio Gates, Tony Romo. John Randall, who's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Undrafted. Emmett Thomas, Hall of Fame. And you got Undrafted. That's what you're not saying. It was more rounds then. Right. You know? Cliff Harris, one of the great safeties of the Cowboys, doomsday defense. Undrafted. Mm-hmm. Lou Groza, the toe, one of the all-time great specialists, undrafted. undrafted. Um, I, I just, I mean, Jeff amazing. Saturday. Think about the career Jeff Saturday had. Warren Moon. Uh, yeah, Jeff Saturday it. had a great career for the yeah. Indianapolis Colts. My favorite pre nineteen fifty seven player, who's in the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. Dick Night Train Lane. Yeah, I, you undrafted. just talked about him last week. Undrafted. Yeah, and then Kurt Warner. Yeah, Kurt Warner's another one. Yeah, I was bagging groceries, you know, playing for the Iowa Barnstormers in the Arena League. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show you, you know, guy, other guys have been dealt your your pile of lemons yeah. and made lemonade out of it just like you did. And that was the thing, too, right, and me writing a story is, one, is to highlight, all right, we see the, the, the high first-rounders, and I love them because, truth be told, they pushed the league, okay? Like, the first-rounders pushed the league forward and just their forward – what they mean to the league in a sense. You're like, you're number one overall. Like, to be a first round draft pick, man, is something that I, everybody wishes for. I don't care if it's basketball, hockey. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Football, it does not matter because you're one, you're in a very elite group, man. But my, my, my story was, like I said, not special because there's been others. It's special to me. But when you see those guys in the first round with, you know, their agents, their moms, the nice jewelry on, the custom suits and stuff like that. There's another side of it too. And at the end of the day, from I don't care if you're number one overall, like Jamarcus Russell, or number two, like a Ryan Leaf, you still gotta put in the work. Anytime, anytime I speak to kids, man, that are in any sport, the one thing that I tell them that people want me to give their kids like technique and advice and stuff like that. No, 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 no. It's what you put in is what you're going to get out every single time is what I tell them. Be more mentally prepared for what's in front of you than physically because the physical part is going to come. I don't care if you're a small kid or a big kid. Eventually, it's going to come for you as far as what your trajectory is going to be as an athlete. But if you're more mentally strong than you are physically capable, it's going to push you over the top. And I think when you mention all those guys, one that comes to mind to me is a James Harrison and Kurt Warner. 
Like, think about this. Both Hall of Fame candidates, Kurt's already in, right? Mm-hmm. He was back in groceries. Yep. James Harrison was cut six to eight times by interdivision rivals from Baltimore to Cleveland to Pittsburgh to other teams. And we talked about him this morning yeah. before we went on air in that Super Bowl that you didn't know they won I didn't. <laughs> with a 99-yard return for a touchdown in that yeah. game against the Cardinals. Yes, and by a big yoked up dude. That be- I remember seeing that. I'm like, that going that guy's gonna need a tank of oxygen. And he did. <laughs> and he did. But my gosh, what a play. I mean, just speak about like Nate Washington. This guy's a Super Bowl winner. This yeah. guy's played in the league for a long time. Had a had a nice Titans career. Exactly. And a great team guy. And again, he was we we spoke about this one time with Jason on air about um he played his role in Pittsburgh as far as the position. I told you about the position. It was Plexico. It was it was Nate. It was Mike Wallace. Mm-hmm. It was Emmanuel Sanders and Tom. everybody played that position. Went off to another team and got paid. Okay, yeah. Nate was an undrafted guy that did that and came to Tennessee and made it carved a niche for himself. Yes, very active in Titan Twitters online. I commu- I never met Nate, but we communicate online like we know each other because when you're that type of guy, nobody you're not above anybody. You with guys like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's why for me, when a guy either let's say leaves money on the table. Or don't take advantage of the opportunity given, it hits me a little bit different than them. And I know it's like, man, let that person do their thing. But I'm like, you guys don't understand the opportunity of what people actually go through to get to that point. That's why I always stress, like, take all you can from the league. Mm-hmm. Okay, don't give nothing back. Be a true pro when you talk about guys that want to have different careers. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but the fans and the people that listen to your music is probably your close friends and fans of the team that you play for. Let's be completely honest. That's what it's about. So take advantage of this opportunity. What comes with this game comes with this game. The physicality, the the after sports stuff, the after the game stuff. Like, but you know that when you signed up for it, right? You knew you was gonna be up late nights and early mornings when you jump into the sports media. I slept in the radio station as a young guy, work doing whatever I could get my hands on for an opportunity. And that's that's just my little story and, and something very small compared to what we're talking about with the NFL. But, yeah, if you want to do it, you you make sacrifices. You make sacrifices for it. So that's just my story on the other side of what the beautification of the draft is. It's, well, it's dark and lonely, man. That's It is, but, man, you you came out of the light, and the, at the end of the tunnel it wasn't a train in this case, and it's a, it's a fantastic story. We will wrap up Hour 2 yeah, of yeah. J-Mart and Ramon with more draft talk and all kinds of great things as we get into Hour 3 later. It's Red Brian with... Ramon Foster on J. Martin Ramon here on 104.5 The Zone. It's our prerogative to bring you this show. J. Martin Ramon on 104.5 The Zone, powered by all four seasons garage doors. I'm Rhett Bryan filling in for Jason Martin. Jonathan Schaefer back there playing the great Bobby Brown, leading us in from breaks. And Ramon Foster, the VFL, the 11-year NFL veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> this is his show. I'm just Aww. glad to be hanging out in this thing. We are, and that being 104.5 The Zone, 2021 NFL Draft Coverage. It's sponsored by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Need great health care coverage and affordable price. Let Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. Listen to 104.5 The Zone for latest news and best coverage of the NFL Draft. 104.5 The Zone's draft coverage. Sponsored by Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers, powered by Ford, driven by people. And that coverage starts one week from tonight. As we uh, start at 6 o'clock and give you pick-by-pick coverage of round one, and then 6 o'clock again on Friday night for rounds two and rounds three. 
and uh, we had some fantastic breakfast yeah. <laughs> and some great coffee. Eighth and roast. Yeah. A tip of the cap to all of you. That may be one of the best breakfast burritos I've ever had. It was fantastic. It is. I, I, I can't lie. Q, Q Taylor, man, at Eighth and Roast. The, the guys at Eighth and Roast. Coffee's good. Burrito's good. And some pastries in the green room over there, too, Rat. Woo! We saw a Kenfo from 92Q over there grab some, too. And I was just like, <laughs> I see y'all. I see y'all. But yeah, man. Um, Good stuff. Shout out to y'all, man. Well, and Braden Gull was bitter about it because he was in yesterday. He said, all I got was a pickle, and I went, <laughs> so? Braden, right place, right time. That's, That's all I can tell just you. Just be there. That's all I can tell you. if you be there, you're going to be took care of, man. That's right. Whew. And I should mention this, and I, maybe I'm letting the cat out of the bag early, but I, I want to – let's make a little announcement in terms of the NFL draft. And I, I mentioned <clears throat> that Friday night – Titans radio coverage here on 104.5 The Zone. Do you want a sounder? Do you want this to sound really big? Do it. Let's do it. Do it. I like so that. for it is official now. <laughs> for Friday night's coverage, rounds two and three, it'll be myself, mm-hmm. Coach Dave McGinnis, mm-hmm. obviously the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, and the lovely Amy Wells as we bring you pick-by-pick coverage beginning at 6 p.m. right here on The Zone of rounds two and three. But there's a number member of the draft panel that night giving his excellent analysis because it is where the interior offensive linemen will start to come off the board with yeah. centers and the guards and then another wave or two of offensive tackles that are not first-round grades. And who better to do that than the man right here on this show, Ramon Foster. Reggae horns. Hey, man, I, I just want you to know I'm taking this as serious as can be. In a light way, because this is big. This is big, right? Well, and I know that you have a little level of, or I don't know what level, of disdain for the NFL draft because of what happened and what mm-hmm. we've been talking about this hour, that your name wasn't called and you were undrafted and you had a tough road to hoe and get you know, to where that you were. But I think you came out of it an even better person than, than you were to begin with. And I think you're a really, really solid human being, but I I just, um, I, we have enjoyed hearing you on your show here, J Martin Ramon. You're obviously growing in this talent. Uh, you're, I think you're a natural uh, at, at doing this, uh, in, in terms of being a broadcaster. And I think you would bring excellent perspective not for just the offensive linemen right. that are coming off the board, but, I mean, on this panel for Titans Radio, we're blessed to say we have a former head coach and we have an 11-year veteran, and I can't wait to hear the conversations that take place between the two of you yeah. as you talk about guys' talents and those things. So learn to love the draft a little more because we're putting you to work next week. I will, and that's the thing. Like, the draft in the first, like, three, four, maybe five years, it was, it was a thing. It was love-hate thing. But now I, I enjoy because I see the opportunity in it. And you guys inviting me in next Friday to cover rounds two and three is huge. It's something I'm looking forward to. Um, I don't know how it happened, but I'm glad it did. I, and, again, you mentioned just being on with a former head coach, Coach Mack. Like, anytime, it seems like every time he come on, we start to talking, and then both of our gears just start to going. And I'm like, God, why is the interview ending right now? Right. Coach Mack is so savvy, man. And I can't wait to see him finally first time in person. Yep. And uh, we cover the the, the draft uh, next weekend, and man. that'll be next six Friday. to roughly ten o'clock that night. Yeah. So you, we got plenty of time for those interactions, 
and uh, you'll kind of get to hear what we do. That's yeah. what you know. I've been working over there in my salt mine, as I call it, the studio. <laughs> and you know, we'll have I have produced all thirty-two team needs. I've produced, yeah. and with the vocal talents of of Jonathan Schaefer, he gets credit that for this suave voice, uh, that smooth, silky voice. He has voiced all these things, and I've built so far a hundred and ten. Um, player thumbnail profiles wow. that involve his voice and our draft expert, uh, Mike Detillier, author of the M&D draft report. I got about probably another 10 of those and I'll be done with that. And, you know, just getting things ready for next week, but we are super excited to have you on board to help us with this draft coverage and to bring your expertise, uh, being that uh, voice uh, of a, a long tenured veteran player in the league. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, especially if I get to cover more of the interior guys and, Honestly, it's, it's it's the second and third rounders anyway that kind of keep going on, man. And those are the guys you really got to hit on. The first rounders have studied a whole lot. The second round, second and third round guys, you got to hit on those just the same. Again, I think there's a, a pecking scale when it comes down to what each round means to mm-hmm. a team and how far you're supposed to be able to extend them out in their career. Second and third round guys got to be sometimes your second contract guys that you keep. But most of the time, those guys end up going to different teams because they outplay what their their round says they are or you hope that anyway so well let me say this and this is a tease for next week uh mike and i are doing an official titans podcast that we're gonna also post on titans radio yeah uh and certainly on their platforms titan stuff about the greatest second round picks in nfl draft history it's a a, this great project that mike's been working on for years and I'll give it to you this way there's 38 people in the hall of fame that were drafted in round two unreal Uh, group when we continue our three of j martin ramon on 104.5 the zone in fact we will have former nfl head coach in uh, the ravens and current nfl network analyst brian billick coming up at 820 be interested to talk to him about rules changes and draft and those things and certainly if you want your phone calls and questions at 615-737-1045 j martin ramon moves on next on 104.5